In the end, though, the title is, I am thankful I know who Jesus is. I'm going to turn very quickly to John 19, 19 through 22. And I borrowed the expertise of our local Hebrew expert. And I love that man. And we don't make fun of Brother Hildebrand when we play against him, right? Because we're afraid that we're going to get prophesied by his wife on the way home or something like that. I'm teasing. We make fun of everybody. And it says, verse 19 says, And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, King, the King of the Jews. Yeshua Hanazari Vimelech HaYehudin, and I probably butchered that, but that's important to say. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. God, I ask, and we're just praying, God, I ask that you anoint this message, anoint my lips, open our hearts to be able to receive this, Lord. We, we thank you and we love you, and we give you all glory and all honor. In Jesus' name, we pray. You may give God a hand clap of praise while you're seated. So Pilate wrote this title, and he placed it above Jesus on the cross. This was a trilingual inscription. It was understood by any literate person. If you could read it, you would understand it. It was written in Hebrew, and maybe more specifically, Aramaic. And it was written in Greek, and that was the empire's international language. And it was also written in Latin, and that was used by the Roman military. In fact, when we look at pictures that are falsely uh, portrayed of Jesus hanging on the cross, which, by the way, he's no longer there, just an update, and uh, it says on the top of it, it says, I-N-R-I. That's Latin. It's Iusus. It doesn't really matter. It's Latin. (laughs) Well, why did this inscription bother the chief priests? Was it just because Jesus was claiming to be God? Or was it that when they looked at the sign in Aramaic, the title of each word spelled Jehovah, it was Yeshua, Hanazari, Vimelech, Haheyudin, Y-H-V. H. So why would they look at that and say, hey, Pilate, I don't like what's written up there. The, the reason for that is these Jews, especially the chief priests and the leaders, they recognize the significance of writing. In reading the Torah and the sacred law, they would have come across Psalms 119, which is an acrostic poem. And if you look at it, every eight verses, it's the longest chapter, 176 verses, the longest psalm. It's an acrostic poem. Each set of eight verses begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So they must have recognized, hey, there's Psalms 119. Why is it that above the the Savior of the world, the King of Kings, above it is 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 a placard that says Jehovah? 
So they either had to be blind or they had to ignore the truth. It wasn't just that he was claiming to be a king. It wasn't just that. A lot of people have come claiming to be just like God. But it was because he was and is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And you can study those scriptures and you can look at that for yourself. And there's a bunch of Jews on the other side not wanting to know who Jesus is, not wanting to care about what the truth is, trying to make a case for how that could not be grammatically correct. So we face nowadays... If you look at Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And a lot of us here embrace that. That's a prophecy of who Jesus is and was at that time. But if you look at Jewish literature, they try to make it seem like somehow that prophecy was meant for a king. But Isaiah wasn't stupid. He wouldn't give that signature to a king, of a, an earthly king. He knew that there was something more when he gave that prophecy. And I want to establish three really quick points, and I'll shut up after this. Because I love the Lord. Jesus is not apart from Jehovah. If you look at Isaiah 44, 6 in the NIV, this is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. And if you look at apart from me, it is except for or not. And this is a marker of dissociation. Dissociation in the English grammar is the action of separating yourself or considering yourself to be separate from something or someone. So dissociative disorder in psychiatry is a, a condition characterized by thoughts or experiences that are disconnected from reality. What this means is this. If Isaiah 9-6 is true about Jesus, Jesus is God, then he cannot somehow, some way, be dissociated from, Je from Jehovah. So that means that Jesus is God. And he's not just sometimes God or God Jr. or maybe God. He's all the time God, completely God, totally God. Jesus is not some emanation of God like some religions want to claim. Jesus is not somehow just a human like some religions want to claim. I was talking to somebody in clinic and I said, don't worry, you're going to make it. It's because you have Jesus in your heart. And they're like, uh. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh. The difference between you and me is that I see that Jesus is God and you see him as just a man. So you're going to continue where you're at because you don't see the power of an almighty Savior, a healer, a way maker, a miracle worker. You may be seated. Jesus is not in addition to Jehovah. In Isaiah 44, it says, fear, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? And, the, and it says, yea, there is no God. I know not any. Beside signifies a marker of addition. So Isaiah 44, 8 establishes that there's no God who is in addition to Jehovah. 
And Isaiah 9, 6 establishes that Jesus is the one and only God. So if Jesus is God, Jesus is not in addition to God. Jesus now is not the second part or the third part or the infinity part of a diune or triune polytheistic man-made definition. That definition is, is unfortunately devil-inspired. It's anti-biblical. And it's a false concoction of their own desire. Jesus is not a co-eternal, separate personality that is in addition to the Father. Jesus is Jehovah, manifested, revealed, made known in the flesh. Jesus is God alone. He cannot be added, and nothing can be added to him. Because Colossians 2.9 says, uh, for in him uh, dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm so thankful. I know who Jesus is. You may be seated. One more thing. Jesus is not an extension of Jehovah. And again, a lot of these things are coming from mainstream definitions of big worldwide religions. And the, and the emphasis there is religion. Isaiah 45 and 6, verse 5 says this. Well, no, you can read verse 5. Verse 6. That they may know that from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. We already talked about that. I am the Lord and there is none else. None means nothing or none. Else is longer still or an extension of up to and beyond an expected point. Jesus is not and was not just a man. Jesus is God Almighty. Hallelujah. So when it says he's the mighty God, it, it comes from the word El Gabor, mighty in battle. And I was talking to a, a, another, that same family, I think. They, they've been challenging just scriptures, you know, and they make me think. And they're like, well... Jesus never claimed to be the Almighty. He just said he was the Mighty. And, you know, I looked it up. And there is a different term for Jehovah when it talks about the Almighty. And, and I did look up Mighty God, and, and it means El Gabor. And I get it. But they're just trying to say that because it's trying to fit a mold, an already preconceived idea. They put the lens on and say Jesus isn't real, and how can I prove that he's not? Instead, I say to them, take your lenses off. Read the Bible for what it is. From front to back, it's true, and God doesn't lie. So when he says he's the almighty God, in Revelations, he says, I am the first, I am the last, the almighty but some people have to make the New Testament not true so they can continue living in the lie. So why is this important? Almost done. Surprisingly. Jesus is God. So Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is the Father manifested in the flesh. He is fully God and fully man. He, Jesus is not apart from. He's not in addition to. He's not an extension of Jehovah. Jesus, therefore, must be God or not God at all, according to our bishop's words. I like to quote our bishop. I'm saying seriously. Man, if I can just... 
quote him. I'm like, no, nah, this is true stuff, man. Not only does it come with truth, it comes with authority. It comes with power. So I'll finish with this. I don't need to change the Bible to fit my culture. So I don't, I don't need to change the Bible to fit my upbringing. I do not need to take parts out or work my whole life to try to prove certain portions of the, of the word of God are not true to fit my religious preference. And I am so thankful to know who Jesus is because from front to back, he is the almighty. He is the way maker. He's a miracle worker. Everything I need is in him. And if you do not know who Jesus is today, he's the savior of the world. Let's give God glory because we know who that is. We know who that name is. The name that's above every name. Continue to worship God.